What's up, people? Welcome to another Making Sense episode. Hey. How's everyone doing? Good, good. It's only us two. How's yeah. everyone? <laughs> <laughs> Yours truly in the building. Kalisha in the building. Yeah. Um, our other, the other 50% are not here today. Nope. Representing for them though, as always. Yeah. But they're here in spirits, as always. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what what's up? We- talking about today T- today we're going to be talking about um woodford investment management okay um, i'm sure a lot of people would have heard about it and a lot of people probably didn't hear about it so it's been going on for about a year now where woodford one of the most successful british investment investment management companies he was really successful so the guy's his name's neil woodford and his company's called woodford investment management he's been all over the news um he's been being investigated by fca etc etc hargreaves lansdown also has a part to play which we'll get to oh yeah so this is basically a case of where investment i don't know investments investment management has gone wrong where okay. a big fund manager has gone wrong and if, if you happen to have invested in this fund which i was at some point luckily i came out the right time <laughs> you could have potentially lost a lot of money but i just want to talk about what happened why it happened and maybe just i don't know straighten some facts that people may have or may not have known um so yeah well, that's it okay so before we get into that the disclaimer so please always rem- always remember we are not registered financial advisors so the inf- information we provide here is food for thought more than anything <laughs> always do your research and consult a professional and yeah that's it cool <laughs> so I, I had to yawn i'm back rude okay <clears throat> let's get into it so who is neil woodford so neil woodford he um he was an investment manager right so with investment manager i mean a company which has offers a fund mm-hmm. that people can invest in so what funds was he offering so he, so initially he was at invesco right oh my he friend was, used to work there yeah yeah he was at invesco he was well known oh. at invesco for i think 25 years up until what point he he left Invesco in 2013 okay. and he started his fund in 2014. Okay. So up until 2013, he was like one of the best in, well, most successful British investors, well known. Was he still working with Invesco up he until was, this happened? Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah. Kind of makes sense then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he was very successful. His fund was investing in a lot of British companies. Um, a lot of startups uh, sorry a lot of um, companies which pay high high dividend yields etc so someone like uh, GlaxoSmithKline very well known companies basically okay. and uh, he's always had two types so he's, he's had he's managed one fund which just focused on on shares where the price went up and up and up or he thought was going up and the other one where you got some income i.e. they paid a lot of dividends uh, so he did that really well at Invesco and then he left and he started his own fund, which was called, and his, his own company was called, um, Woodford Investment Management. Okay. Right? And the fund, so he had two, two big, big funds or flagship funds. One mm-hmm. is called the Equity Income Fund and the other one was the Patient Capital Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Equity Income Fund at its peak was around three billion. Wow. Yeah, the Patient Capital Trust was around um, 10 billion, even bigger. So he had huge, yeah, he was. He again, was smashing them peas. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and and even when he started from 2014 
up until about 2017, he was really successful again. But then everything changed and things started going wrong. So why was that change? Well, what happened? The, various reasons. Um, one thing he he did is actually the kind of strategy he started using when he when he set up the fund, he changed, right? So initially he was investing in companies that had high quality and were cheap. Another way of putting it is that he would buy a company, which let's just say relative to other companies mm. had a cheap valuation. So he thought, okay, this is too cheap. This should, have, this should be valued more. Mm. Therefore, over time, the value will go up. Mm. So let me buy it, right? So they, they, they had cheap valuations, right? And they were of high quality. Of high quality mean they had like, they didn't have a lot of debt. They had good management. They were well run. Um, I don't know. They had these kind of, I don't know, ESG disclaimer, all that all that stuff you associate with a good prudent company, mm. right? It was well run basically. Mm-hmm. So high quality and cheap. That's what he was doing at the beginning. So in the beginning, the equity income fund would have about, the most of the funds would also be listed on a FTSE 100. Okay. So they'll be large and well-known, right? Okay. And then it will have maybe 1%, 2% of the unlisted or very risky unknown stocks. That's what he was doing in the beginning. And then after around two years, it, it changed. So he went from having over 50% being listed on a FTSE 500 to having only 25% listed. Okay. And then having the remain and having over half being in like smaller unknown companies, like very risky biotech company, very illiquid, i.e. You, you couldn't trade them every day. You couldn't just buy and sell the stock every day because there wasn't an active market for them. Okay, so... And he did that because of the high expected returns you could get from these lesser known companies. So would it be like him investing in, say like a Mamas and Papas? Or yeah. like a Jamie Italian thinking, oh, they're gonna because of Jamie's yeah. name. Yeah, he will have all the customers yeah. etc. of making money, and then uh, it didn't uh, make money. Only, I mean, Jamie Jamie's Italian was even would I wouldn't have called it unknown or you know it wasn't yeah. that bad. He would invest in a company which say does a cancer drug, which is oh, unproven. Oh, okay. So it's like a uh, coin flip. Oh, okay. if the company's successful, it will make so going, much money. Yeah. If there's answer, you lose everything. So he he did a lot of that. Okay. That's where he went wrong, right? And he did it because of the returns seemed really high, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's the first kind of area where he went wrong. What he did though, as as he was his fund was losing returns. So obviously in twenty seventeen he lost like seventeen percent and he, he kept losing more. And then investors started started pulling out their money. Now one thing about the structure of his fund was it it basically offered anyone who invested in it, you could come in and out on, on a daily basis, right? Oh. So say you put in a thousand and tomorrow you change your mind, you could you come put, out tomorrow, right? That's bad. It's bad for him. Yeah. It obviously, it's great for you. Yeah. But what it means is because he had so many unlisted, unquoted and less active, less more liquid stocks, those stocks, you can't just sell them today mm. or tomorrow, right? So it, it, there's a mismatch. Right, he's telling you as the investor, oh, you can get in in and out per day. But if you came tomorrow and said, I want 100 million out, he doesn't have that 100 100 million, million. he has to sell something, yeah, but he can't sell it because there's no active market, right? So, what do you do? You can do like a someone will come to you and say, okay, I will buy off you, but at a steep discount, 
if he does that, he can't obviously pay you the one hundred, yeah, right? Money. So what do you do, right? So there's um this thing called gating, which he basically suspends re- redemptions. So he basically blocks anyone from taking out money, which allows him to have more time to sell whatever he has to but sell. But how does that work if he said that you can dip in and out? Well, this is the thing. This is so now that's that's the problem, right? That's the problem where you're offering daily liquidity, but then you've you've suspended the redemptions. So you've gone against what you so said. So then he must have pissed off all of his the investors Literally. then. Literally. But then you also have to remember with the gating, it in a way, it works in your favour, right? Because if he his has favor, in Neil's favour No, or in both of you. Was, okay. It works in your favour as well because he if he has more time to actually sell whatever he has to sell, without the added pressure, he can sell it at a decent price. price yeah. Right. So it kind of works for you as well. Mm-hmm. But the issue is no, you promised I can come uh, out yeah, and I want my money yeah. now. So. And that just points out to the flaw in the structure. So the, the, this fund structure is called open-ended, which a lot of funds have. They have open-ended structures. And this just goes to show you can't buy illiquid stocks in an open-ended fund structure because it doesn't work. But it's not just him that does it. So many other funds do it. Okay. Right? So many of them do it. So do you know who was the first person to pull out? That made the big uh, difference of him. So I, I don't know who the first person was, but he had 21 months of redemptions. So for 21 months, there were more people taking money out than people taking money in. Yeah. And here's here's the twist. So Hargreaves Lansdowne, right, mm-hmm. had him on their wealth 50 list, i.e. the best 50 funds. Right? When, what year was this? So they, I think they, I bought this in 2015. Okay. And I sold in maybe late 2016. Okay. So they must have started around then. Uh, but they had a deal with him, right? So they would promote his funds really large to everyone. And in return, he would lower the fees that Hargreaves Lansdowne's investors would pay. So it, it worked in Hargreaves Lansdowne's favor, right? Okay, yeah. Um. So they did that. But where Hargreaves Lansdowne went wrong is, as he was making all these losses, and he changed his strategy, they still had him on a World 50 list. In fact, oh. they still had him on a World 50 list till this year. And the funds, his whole company's basically gone down into liquidation. They had him on the list till some, some point this year, even after all these losses. So now there's a lawsuit coming. I think over a thousand people have already subscribed to it, right? Against people are suing Hargreaves Lansdowne, yeah. Saying that, yeah, they didn't do enough. They didn't... Investigate, give, yeah. Didn't them, take anything serious, yeah. yeah. So that's coming. So that's where Hargreaves kind of went down, uh, kind of yeah, did wrong or whatever. Um, huh? No, it's not. No, go on. Okay, cool. Um, so how do these people get their money back? Well, or they can don't. they get their money back? This well, now they're suing. They're suing Hargreaves Lansdowne, right? But they won't get their money back from Woodford Investment Management because. When yeah, he changed, when he changed this kind of way of investing, he didn't hide it. It was actually public information, right? He released it. He says yes, but he didn't just he, he didn't come out and say, "Okay, guys, I'm I'm changing what I'm doing. I'm going to be doing something very different." He obviously he worded it in a way which seemed you know like a good thing, right? So they they called it um, flexible approach, mm. right? They called it a, a more flexible and active approach which is what it's meant basically but you have to remember in initially when he was making money no one was complaining 
It's this true. is the problem. And then, at the end of the day, this is investment. This is what happens. This is a it's, risk. Exactly. And everybody knows of the risk. So. Exactly. There's risk involved. So as he's making money, no one is complaining. No one is saying, oh, well, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Uh, as things started to go wrong, that's when obviously everyone so is So is upset. he still trading now? So the both funds have been suspended. Okay. There's there's the other one, the um, patient capital trust. Mm-hmm. What they've done is he's resigned as investment manager. And another investment investment manager has taken over. But he's now, probably still overseeing it. It's he's in the process of of handing everything over to Schroders. Okay. But the, here's another twist. So the the patient capital one, that one wasn't actually invested in a lot of illiquids, or so he didn't have the same issues as the income one, as the equity, equity. income one. But because his name was basically tarnished, he wasn't making any money on fees, etc. Or he's making less money on fees. It didn't make much sense for him to keep managing the patient capital trust one. So from that that one, he resigned. The other one, he actually was actually sacked. Oh wow! Yeah, from patients. From no, from the board of from the board of board of what are they called um, the uh, board members, whatever. <laughs> from, the board of the fund suspended him as investment manager. Um, another thing which I forgot to mention earlier was so. As I was mentioned, I mentioned that he he kind of switched his his strategy, right? He was investing more and more in these less liquid stocks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as the redemptions kept coming in, the reasons why his performance dropped even more was that as more and more people were redeeming their money, he had to sell the stocks that were doing well that he oh. could sell, right, to raise the money to mm-hmm. give it to the investors. So what happened was he actually sold all of his winning positions and he was left with all of the losing ones because he couldn't get rid of mm. the losing ones, right? So that also added to the, the drop in performance returns. So what does this mean for future investors and future funds? Well, so now everyone's looking into it. People, The FCA is looking into it uh, of what he did wrong or if he but did But not just him, wrong. for other ones as well. Well, I think the first thing is people, investment managers have to, review this whole daily liquidity thing right if mm-hmm. they can this whole open-ended structure if unquoted stocks can be placed in such a structure the, the short answer is no right mm-hmm. but what what they usually do is because they will have enough liquid or active more actively traded funds they think to themselves okay i'll wait i'll always be able to raise whatever redemption money people need without having to sell these stocks mm-hmm. right but this this is a, like this is an example that tells you well no it's not always the case there's cases where actually you won't be able to and this is why we always say do your research because everything yeah. is out there just because yeah information we give we give how grief lands down you have to search yeah. each fund to see what is best for you and yeah yeah basically yeah basically and um, because the information was out there so. Is Hargreaves Lansdowne actually liable then? Well, that's what we're going to find out. Obviously, they're saying no, they're not. They're saying, <laughs> yeah, we, they're, they're saying the same thing. We passed all the information. information that we yeah. Need. So it's for you to come out or whatever. Now, I, I came out end of 2016 because. Did you make money? No. Well, I think I made like 1% or something because I bought the fund in 2015 or something and, and it was up. It was up quite a lot, maybe 15, 20%. Okay. But then in towards the end of 2016, it lost quite a big chunk. Like, um, yeah, it lost a lot. I can't remember exactly what. But yeah, that's why I came out because it was losing so much money. Um, 
Yeah. Not, not, I didn't obviously know what was going on. Mm. I only sold it because I was losing money. And then it turns out. You were smart. Well, I, I did try. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's where we stand. But again, just to point out, he's not necessarily bad. You know, there was nothing malicious there. As it's just literally shit happens. Exactly. He, he wasn't trying to swindle people for their money or steal money or there's, there's, there's no fraudulent activity here right yeah just to make clear what has gone wrong is he started with buying very very well-known companies you know large caps whatever and at some point he thought okay to get more returns let me buy these less uh, lesser known companies because they offer more returns a lot of times and that's where things went wrong right and that goes to show like i always say investing is not rocket science right? mm-hmm. but you, you still need to know you you need you need to know what you're doing, yeah. Because he w- he wasn't necessarily a specialist in in these smaller companies, right? Mm-hmm. He just, wasn't. He was just taking a chance. He was taking a chance, but had he maybe had more experience in investing in small caps, you know, in in these unquoted companies, maybe he would have done things slightly differently, right? But he didn't. Okay. So um, is he ain't broke though, is he? No. Oh, that's yeah. another thing. So. As all of this is going on, he's still earning fees, right? As as he's losing returns and he's 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 suspended people from taking out the money, he's still earning <laughs> fees. So in June, that's when the fund so he was might officially, actually get to keep everything, right? He will get to keep, keep everything. everything. But wait, wait, hold on. Again, it's not as rosy as it seems. So since June, since since the suspension came into place, he's um he's made eight million in fees, right? But wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, this is a company, right? So those fees are actually going into running the business. Mm. Now he had to cut his staff from eighty-five to thirty, right? The rent alone is more than a million mm. or a couple million, whatever. Then you have to pay staff, you have to pay their pensions, blah blah blah. These are investment professionals; mm. they're not cheap, right? Mm. So in the broad scheme of things, the fees he's collected are actually nothing. Yeah, but 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 but. What he's collected is like over 90 million in dividends since 2014, right? Which is because the company has made profits, right? Since those years. Okay. And and with dividends, because it's, they're not, how do you put it? It's, it's each year that the company made a profit. Mm-hmm. He didn't necessarily pay himself dividends. Okay. So it's not. <laughs> Can he claim bankruptcy? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. No, because, no, because it's, because it's, 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 so the the fund is actually, when a fund is set up, the fund is almost a, a separate entity. The fund mm-hmm. is also a company, you could okay. call it, right? So the fund has hired him as an investment manager. Okay. In a way. So in, in order for him not to be on it anymore, he'll just get sacked. That's okay. It. So okay. his, his actual business is in in bankruptcy or anything oh okay it, it is the funders they're different entities oh, okay, right? then. yeah um and it also goes to show that you know in other areas like maybe medicine or whatever as as you grow with experience you're really good at what you're doing the chances of you blowing up or you know doing something disastrous seems to decline that isn't necessarily the case with investments right you can be the the biggest expert in whatever. Because if you look at this guy's track record for the past 25 years, he's made so much money. 
Mm. But yet, he still lost all of this today. Mm. A lot of it isn't his fault. It's just when the market moves against you, sometimes there's not much you can you do. do. Yeah. And it just goes to show how volatile and how crazy things can go, even for experts. Right? Mm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, Very this, this, interesting. That's, that's the story of Neil Woodford. Um, I have a few charts from the FT, which we're going to post, which will basically show you the kind of things he used to do when he started and okay. how that completely changed to now. Okay. And then there's also another one which will tell you, which will show you how he was selling all the good stuff and he held on to all the bad stuff. Um yeah, that's 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 basically all I wanted to get across. Excellent. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, short, short and snappy. Any questions? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um Again, yeah, I don't want people to take this as uh, don't ever invest into a fund, right? No. Do your Googles. Yeah, these things happen sometimes. Sometimes you can make all the right decisions and all the good whatever and it still goes wrong. Okay. And this is clearly a case of it. Um, but yeah. But I guess at the point where he changed his strategy, that would have been the time to kind of come out. Mm. But in hindsight everything seems Maybe if any of our listed, listed, listeners have invested into his fund, yeah, that would be interesting be to good. hear from. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if you have, if you lost money, or if you work for any of those companies and seen a change. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. So, so that's another episode of the Making Sense podcast. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed. As usual, please subscribe on all platforms. Yeah. Socials. Um, all socials all of that all of that peace out yeah we'll see you we'll hear from us <laughs> yeah. peace